0: Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have Jennifer. She is the founder of Gemini, which is an online branding studio and educational platform. She's both a trained copywriter and a designer, a rare combination So her M.O. is unifying the voice both in your copy and in your visuals to tell a stronger story. But today we're focusing on the copy side of things.
1: Yes, I'm super excited to have Jennifer dive into her four-step formula for higher converting copy. And guys, this is one of the honestly, better formulas that we've found in a long time. It sometimes feels like those kind of put you in a box and it feels just more like you're plugging in your couple of sentences, but it still doesn't really sound like you or it feels robotic. This is a really cool way to really insert your story, your audience's story, and really come up with something that does convert either for freebie and opt-ins or for paid things, services, programs, etc., cetera, like a sales page. So we're talking about how you can transition this copy in places like that, like your website, or even use it for social media or in person or like one-on-one conversation. So very versatile, get your notes ready. I know you guys are going to like this one. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the strategy hour podcast. We are here with our friend, Jennifer. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, ladies. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we're super excited to have you. So today we're talking all things high converting copy, and I'm super excited to get any new ideas or takeaways. I'm legit going to be taking notes because I am about to go into copywriting hibernation because I think coming up soon, we're announcing something really cool for you guys. And we're working on emails and website copy and all these sorts of different things. And so any ideas I can take away to get me out of, sometimes I feel like I'm in a copywriting rut Mm -hmm. is. You're not alone. Okay. So I'm just (laughs) like, sometimes I'm like, what are words and how do I say them? Yes. Oh, for sure. So tell us a little bit about just what does high converting copy even mean? I feel like sometimes people are like, you're either a good copywriter or you're a bad copywriter, but what does high converting copy mean?
2: Absolutely. Well, I am of the belief that anyone can write copy. You don't have to be a writer or not be a writer. You just have to learn the tools and strategies, techniques. Like today, we're going to walk through a formula. These kinds of formulas can help guide your writing and make it, for the most part, foolproof. So when we're talking high converting copy, I mean, most of your listeners probably already understand a conversion is simply a sale. So it's clicking that buy now button, the book a consultation button on a website, It is some kind of transaction. And for the most part, when I work with clients, they don't actually know how to optimize their copy to make sales. They -hmm. just kind of throw up whatever feels right, works for them onto their website, kind of word vomit onto their site or whatever the application is, Instagram, brochures, you name it and just expect it to do the work for them. But in fact, in order to optimize your copy to make conversions, there's different kind of tweaks and tools that you have to use. And one of those things is persuasion copy. And so understanding how to use psychology, mm-hmm. leverage psychology to better connect with your audience and make that transaction happen.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. And I, I know for me personally, I've never identified myself as a writer. And yet, I know I'm capable Mm -hmm. of writing, and I I don't. I don't like. I don't know. Putting a blanket statement out there that anyone can be a writer because I know that will piss every writer off. (laughs) Listens to the show. Very thoughtful of you. And it's probably one of the most common things that people convince themselves they're capable of that they might not be, Mm -hmm. but. I will say, like anything, you practice enough. Exactly. And you learn enough. You can go from shitty to (laughs) okay,
2: right? Totally. And yeah, and absolutely, like to that point, it is a craft, right? It's like any other art form, any other kind of discipline, you do have to put effort into it. And there will be varying degrees and levels of writing. But even for you, Abby, like you're a designer, you've probably at some point in your career, design something for a client and there was no copywriter. So you probably had to, you know, with whip some words together. Yeah. yeah. As sort of placeholder copy that maybe the client never actually replaces. And so it ends up, <laughs> you know, living on a website or in whatever application for a really long time. And so learning some tools and techniques can kind of help you understand, okay, well, I'm not just going to put anything in this heading position.
0: I'm actually right. going to, you know, write something
2: that connects with my audience. Absolutely.
0: And I think that's an incredible tool to have in your tool belt, regardless of what your industry is. If you're running a business copy at some point, you're going to have to write some of it yourself, even if you ultimately end up hiring someone. And so I'm excited to dive into your formula. Tell us more about the four steps and how we can get started.
2: Absolutely. So if I can, before we jump right into the formula, I mean, you made a really good point, Abby, which is that it doesn't really matter if you're a writer or not, you'll probably have to write at some point in your career. And one of the most common issues I see is that we write for ourselves. Mm. And the whole point of the formula is to really connect with our audience and the people that we're speaking to. Mm -hmm. What happens is we think that because we're writing for our business, or let's say you're writing for a client, we think that we need to make the owner of the business, happy ourselves or the client or your employer, whoever that is. But that person is not the audience of the copy, right? They might be paying the bill. They might be paying the invoice, but they aren't the person that you're actually writing for. So before you can ever kind of dive into a formula, it's like absolutely essential that you do your homework first and you understand who your audience is. You have to do that before you ever, ever, ever Write any advertisement, any you know Facebook ad, Instagram ad, even captions, know who your audience is before you ever even get started. so just really want to impress upon listeners yeah. the importance of knowing who you're speaking to first.
1: well, and I think truly the better you know that person, the easier it is to do yes. this part. I found over the years of our business whenever we've created programs or offers free or paid that are for like, this is beneficial for everyone. It's really, really hard to put personality behind that or really make it click for someone. And so as many times, I know you guys have heard it, but like figuring out who exactly that you're talking to and niching down, not necessarily your offer, but we talk about all the time of niching down who you're talking to and who that thing is going to work for, niching your audience in particular. And so when you know that, and you can know the struggles that that person goes through and who that person is, I feel like it's like Mad Libs at this point, where you're just absolutely like inputting who they are and what they need. Yes,
2: I literally use like a Mad Lib style yeah. worksheet in some of my resources because it just it demonstrates how easy once you know that audience, how easy it actually is to speak to them, and also to that point, Emily, like. We don't want to be all things to all people, right? And I think that's a really common mistake is we want to make these blanket statements and write copy to appeal to everyone. And that's when our copy really starts to sound salesy as opposed to making
1: this thing everyone, exactly,
2: because we don't know who we're speaking to, or we want to speak to everyone. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And that's the whole point of conversion copy is of course, to get people to buy your product or service. But the way we do that is by connecting with the people who actually want it, not the people who don't, right? As soon as you try and convince people who don't want or need what you're offering, that's Mm -hmm. when it starts to sound inauthentic or salesy or like the snake oil salesman that we're all kind of fearful of becoming, right?
1: You shouldn't need to convince anyone. Like that's not what's happening here. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So let's dive in.
2: Yeah. So the four-step formula is essentially empathy reassurance, credibility, and call to action. So I'm gonna walk you through kind of one by one and explain what each of those means. So starting with empathy, we all know what sympathy is, right? Sympathy is when you feel bad for someone, generally you pity them for the situation they're in, whatever they're experiencing. Whereas empathy, we're taking that a level deeper and we're actually feeling what that person is feeling, right? So I think we all were familiar with what this looks like in our personal relationships, our friendships. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to copywriting, when you say, you know, you need to be empathetic in your copy. Well, what the hell does that look like? Mm -hmm. It's as easy as describing the person's situation. So you know who your audience is, right? You know who they are. And more importantly, you should know how they feel when they first interact with your brand. So for the most part, I'm going to use a website as an example, because that's the majority of what I do is writing website copy. So when someone lands on your website, you need to understand how they're feeling, the problem that they're facing and how it's making them feel, which is generally shitty in some way, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe they feel frustrated. Maybe they feel overwhelmed, And the goal of empathizing with them is to let them know that you see them. You see what they're going through. You understand it firsthand. Maybe you've been there yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So all we have to do is uh, to describe what our audience is going through. There's an old adage in copywriting called show, don't tell, right? Mm -hmm. So we actually want to illustrate instead of just saying, oh, I totally get what you're going through. I've been there myself. That's not enough. We actually want to illustrate with an example. So. Let's say you're running your own business. You left your nine to five because you were stressed out. You wanted more freedom. You thought that you'd be able to do that in starting your own business. And this is our audience, right? If we are trying to sell like client management services or account management services, we actually want to say something like, "I see you. You're wearing all the hats and juggling all the things." You thought running your own business would free you up to have more time to work on your business, but instead you're stuck in it and you're more stressed out than you ever were in your nine to five. Mm-hmm. You know no way out, but you don't know what the F it is.
1: Yep. Right. Right. Just a paragraph like that mm-hmm. to
2: start off your sales page, your homepage, even an Instagram caption, right? Yeah. Instantly makes a connection with your audience.
0: Well, and I will say you can take that a step further. I know, recently, there's been a lot of conversation about how on these social platforms, that the more important piece is actually the individual conversations you're having with people. And you can use this exact same formula Mm -hmm. in a personal conversation to convert them from interested to buyer. So I've used this exact same scenario without having heard this talk before. And one of the first things out of my mouth is I get it. And when you say I get it, and then you elaborate on how you get and understand what they're going through, it is such a powerful way to connect with someone on a very individual level. And a lot of the times it's just reflection. Like you're not trying to like come up with a million things to say. You are like listening with Mm -hmm. like, All the solidarity. Yes. Yes. Like you're trying to show up for them in a way where you're like, I hear you. This is what you just said. This is my experience with it. And then it's really easy to kind of turn the conversation from there.
2: Exactly. Yeah. I absolutely love what you're saying because it's, it's not something that you can fake, right? It's essentially finding a way to be, and I know it's a buzzword, but authentic or real comes from listening to our customers. Even if you don't know who your audience is before you get started, or you have an audience, but you don't know what they want or they need, you pull them, right? Ask Mm -hmm. them, go straight to the source and find out what they need. So that way you can speak directly to these needs and these feelings and help them feel differently than they currently do.
1: And mm-hmm. typically a lot of our audience is creating a service that they needed or mm-hmm. a product that they needed. And so literally asking, like having a deep sit down with yourself about how did you feel a month ago, six months ago, yes. when you first started, you're having those, like, it's really easy to forget where you were even just a couple of months ago, but exactly kind of, kind of like taking note of that and really checking in with yourself to check in with your people is super. Mm-hmm.
2: Critical. Yes. A hundred percent. And as well, Abby, you mentioned you start with something like i get it right or i i totally understand it's such a great tool to start with a phrase like i get it or i see you i feel you just starting with those three words i see you let that be the beginning of then the next you know four sentences that you yeah, write
0: right yeah. well and they can i think if you can touch on the emotions behind whatever they're going through like not just the like technicalities or the like. Exactly. Because this is an emotional decision when they're buying. And so you have to like reflect the amount of frustration or the amount of overwhelm or the amount of whatever back. Like in the tone, if you can keep it on the same like wavelength, like if they come at you and they're like a little bit all over the place and your writing is too chill. Like you might throw them off, even though the words you're using aren't bad. Exactly.
2: Well, and I really think the adage show, don't tell is so helpful because we Mm -hmm. can take something like I've worked with clients where they say, like, I see you, you're unhappy. And it's like, well, that's great. Like we've narrowed in on the emotion. But what does unhappiness look what like for them? Mean, yeah. yeah. What does that actually look like yeah. in their everyday life? How is that playing out in their business? Because yeah. that's the piece that we really want to, if we just say, you know, I see you or I feel you, you're unhappy. Well, how do they know that we actually understand that? Yeah. And oftentimes it's because, you know, we're creatives or we're entrepreneurs. We've literally gone through the thing that they're going through. Yeah. And that's what inspired us to create our business and do exactly. things differently, right? Or find out the answers. Yeah. So it really is all about, you know, kind of curating that realness. And at this stage, we're filtering out all the people that don't want to hear that message, all the people who we don't want to speak to because we would just lose them further down the funnel anyways. So it really, it's kind of has that impact of filtering out the people we don't want and speaking directly to the people we do want.
1: Yeah. I love it. Okay. What's the next part of this one?
2: Yeah. So the next step is reassurance. So reassurance if you're empathizing with a friend right this is the moment that you would tell your friend like everything's going to be okay like we're in this together this too shall pass all of those things right so where empathy essentially commiserates right it commiserates and through that commiseration it connects reassurance just offers hope so it gives our audience or readers just a glimmer of hope like yes it can look different So depending on the application of our copy, whether it's a really short Instagram post or it's an actual sales page, reassurance can look different. In something like an Instagram post, it literally may just be a sentence that says it doesn't have to look this way or there's a different experience waiting for you. It can just be one sentence at the end of that empathizing paragraph that gives them hope that things can be different. Yeah. If it's longer, if it's, you know, and and typically this is where we really want to utilize our conversion copy, like on a sales page or a homepage, reassurance is the best lens through which you can present your product or service. So another common mistake I see is we present our product or service as the solution. So you empathize, which is great. And then you're like, don't worry, I've got the solution by my (laughs) product or service. And then you're just like right back into the hard sell, right? So in order to avoid that, and you guys have probably heard about this before, talked about it before, instead of presenting our product as a list of features, right, I've got uh, 24-7 customer support or end-to-end client management, whatever the features are, you drill down and speak to the benefits of that feature, right? And I know it can be kind of confusing to discern between, you know, which is which. If you think that you've landed on a benefit, ask yourself, so what? Like, so what I have end-to-end client management. Well, if I have end-to-end client management, it means that I don't have to be with my client from the moment they inquire to the day that I send them a thank you gift, right? Okay, so what? Well, I guess if I don't have to be there through that whole process, then it frees me up to work on my business instead of in my business. Okay, so we're talking about freedom, right? And by asking that question, so what, why does it matter? Why does it matter to our audience? We can drill down to the benefit. Mm
1: -hmm. And that
2: benefit is typically some kind of feeling or some Mm -hmm. kind of value that reassures them. okay, I'm going to have freedom in my life again, freedom in my business.
0: So how does that translate into the copy itself? Like, are you still listing the feature, but then like reflecting the benefit immediately, or are you leading with the benefit and almost excluding entirely what the features are?
2: You can do it so many different ways. So I'm glad you asked that because there's never one right or wrong way, as long as we're emphasizing the benefit. So one of the things that I often like to leverage in my copy is obviously we have headings on any kind of website or, or copy, but using subheadings. So headings are the most important information on the page. So that's where you want to share the benefit. So the heading could be find freedom in your business, right? And the subheading is end-to-end client management. Yeah. So we're just taking the emphasis away from the feature and again, making it much more user-centric, focusing a lot more on what's actually of value to the person who's reading it, what they're actually looking for.
1: Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. We've done this also when we've further down our sales page where we've described each individual modules and maybe the lessons that are inside modules. We'll say the benefit or the feature, and we will literally say, so that you can benefit here. Totally. And so exactly. it's, I think it's about calling it out in a lot of places, but remembering to do it even as you're talking about features and getting into the like, okay, what are you actually buying here? But you can exactly. still wrap it up with benefits. Totally.
2: And if you look at more kind of traditional sales pages, instead of calling out individual features and benefits, sometimes what they'll do is just go straight into a new narrative. So our first paragraph is this empathetic narrative, and then they'll go into this new narrative. It's almost like telling a whole new little story of this is what life could look like instead and pulling out all of those benefits before ever introducing the product or service. Yeah, I love that. Because you want them saying
0: yes, like that's the whole point, right?
2: Exactly. And when things, I always like to kind of loop it back to, because everyone's biggest worry is that they're going to come across too salesy and they don't want to sound salesy. It's something I hear all the time from clients, but as long as you're playing into the benefits, you know, whether or not it's a value to your audience Yeah. where you start to feel tricked. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever gone to, you know, bought something off of an infomercial or Mm -hmm. gotten tricked by one of those kiosks in the mall. Right. All they do is play up the features. Like And it you know it does it has this
1: for you and it's amazing and all the time right. you're going to save mm-hmm. and then you get home and you're like oh but what I didn't actually it? need any of those features oh, no. like none of these
2: you no know, you don't want to sell somebody on something they don't actually need and when you drill down from that feature to that benefit you actually know whether or not it's a value to your audience mm-hmm. yeah
0: love that want to learn exactly step by step how to get paid to generate leads in your business. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial.
2: Awesome. Does that mostly answer your question, Abby?
0: Yeah. I, I was just curious if you were in the camp of like not even listing the features themselves. And so it sounds like it's like a case by case basis Mm -hmm. and a, a little bit depends on perhaps the level of detail that's necessary. Cause sometimes as like trivial as this sounds, Even if you're offering a service, some people are really just buying the new narrative from you and they Mm -hmm. don't really care how it's delivered. Whereas some things like say it's a new website, like if they're buying a website, they still want to know how many pages are included in what you're offering. Of course. So like you absolutely, have, you kind of have, there's like scenarios where it may or may right. not make sense. Exactly. And that's,
2: I mean, it's kind of, it's not the most appealing answer, but it really does depend. Yeah. So you could have a service where there's just one deliverable. It's just one service. We make it really clear on the hero of your homepage, what the service is. So you don't really have necessarily features to pull out and then you yeah. can just play the benefits. Whereas if you're doing something, like you say, where it's like website design, you play up the benefits first and yeah. then you get into the features. So it's really That's just right. a matter of
1: emphasis. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. and I've seen too, and I don't know if this is, it's just services or or what necessarily, but I think sometimes we think that by outlining the benefits or the features like this is literally what you're getting it's too salesy and so mm-hmm. we talk up the benefits so much that I'll read it I'm like I don't, don't know what it this is, is. yeah I don't, exactly none of these words mean anything i don't know what the tangibles are and so i definitely yes. think there's a balance between like what do they actually need to know that they're getting from me exactly. but why is it also important
2: exactly and that's really all it's about is Reframing the perspective that you're writing from, and it's not about you. So, always put yourself in the user's position in their seat, right? And say, okay, well, I want to know how it's going to benefit me. I want to know what value I'm going to get out of this. But of course, is it clear? Do I know what the actual deliverables are? What am I paying for, right? I'm not just paying for a story. I want that story to be my reality. Mm -hmm. So, absolutely having that clarity with the features is also important. Yeah. All right. Let's keep going. So after we empathize and we reassure, this is when we generally introduce credibility. So at this point in our kind of sales narrative people are going to start asking, well, who are you to tell me this? Mm -hmm. Like, where where do you get off telling me that, you know, you get what I'm going through and that it can be different? And another kind of typical mistake that we make in copywriting is starting too early with credibility. Mm -hmm. And this is like, it's especially common amongst professionals, like uh, doctors, lawyers. They want to start with the credibility, with credentials, all the accreditations, affiliations, any letters behind their name. And like with, you know, features and benefits, those are absolutely important, Mm -hmm. but it's not as important as connecting with our audience and making that kind of parallel between our shared experiences. Yeah. So anytime that we're introducing credibility, I always recommend doing it as a narrative of. These are our shared experiences. These are the things that we have in common. This is how I can empathize with you. This is how I can know that it's going to get better because I've been there, done that, and I came out on the other side and telling that story. And for, you know, different professions, it might look differently. Maybe you've actually lived it yourself. Maybe it was, you know, some childhood experience you had, but whatever the case, tell that story and then get into the credentials because it's a lot more emotive and it does a lot more to connect with your audience.
1: Yeah. I feel like a lot of people have done this, but we have made this mistake too, where we've talked too early or even too often about the amazing things we've done in our business. But in reality, like that's not our same customer or same students goals. Like they, they want something similar, but they don't necessarily want that. And so showcasing that isn't really going to help them make a decision. It honestly make them feel intimidated or nervous or like, I don't want that same kind of business, so yeah. maybe this isn't going to help me. And so it's yeah. a learning balance for sure of when is that necessary and when is it not? Yes. Yeah.
2: And that's the thing is if we start too early, there's almost the sense of like, I don't care. Like,
1: I don't care. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know who you are. I don't know why I should care about
2: you yeah. at this point, right? Yep. What's in it for me? Why am I getting out of this? Mm-hmm. Even yeah. I always like to preach to clients, like even our about page isn't really about us. That's exactly right? what I was going
1: to bring up. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so, really spinning that narrative from the perspective of, you know, on our about page, well, how do my experiences benefit the person that I'm speaking to? Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, it's great that you've traveled to this many countries or you have a PhD or you've.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm.
2: But it's like, how does that actually relate to me or connect to me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then of course, saving the credentials, they're still important. You still want to have them, but I find, especially in today's day and age where so many of us are in online education and maybe don't have master's degrees, don't have PhDs. But we still have knowledge and we still have expertise that's worth sharing, right? It's okay if you were, you know, schooled in Google, right? Right. The University of Google, Mm -hmm. that's okay. And your story, how you got to where you are, carries more weight for your audience when you can relate it in that way. When you can talk about, you know, hey, I didn't know what I was doing either, but I Googled everything and I got to where I am now. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot more relatable. For sure.
0: I still struggle with, I think some of the empathizing could be like credible building, but like, how do you make sure when you're empathizing, it does stay focused on them? And I'll give you an example. And Mm -hmm. just because I think it's a case scenario, but like, say you're in the health field and you're, I get it is like, I started here and I had all these symptoms and things wrong with me and I lost mm-hmm. all this weight. Well, the lost all this weight and the like having the symptoms go away is like you get it, but it also can be credibility building. And so like, yes. how do you differentiate what is like giving away the kitchen sink on the front end versus waiting? Yeah, And I think it's, it's totally okay to have some crossover too, but if I'm
2: understanding the question correctly in empathizing, it's mm-hmm. all about them. It's all about the user. So you aren't necessarily spinning in your story of, I, you know, dissolved all these symptoms. I lost all of this weight that comes in the credibility section and serves to support and reinforce Mm -hmm. why you were able to empathize. Mm -hmm. So in empathizing, you might create a narrative of, I see you, you don't feel great. You have a hard time getting out of bed in the morning. You don't feel vital and like you have much energy to make it through the day. You're just not feeling like you feel like you've lost that spark in yourself, right? It can be something like that where we're speaking to, sure, maybe Mm -hmm. they are symptoms that you've experienced, Mm -hmm. but we're not using that personal pronoun yet. We're not bringing it yet. And then credibility is where you do tell your story. Mm -hmm. And it, again, it kind of links back to that empathetic narrative and is through their lens.
0: Yeah. Okay. That makes so much sense. And that clears up a lot for me.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. And the other, the last kind of thing to note about credibility is social proof, because obviously it carries a lot of weight to have someone else speak to your credibility, your expertise and validate that. So social proof is essentially third-party validation, right? If you have testimonials from clients, reviews from customers, even things like stats and studies can serve to support and reinforce your credibility. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. So last but not least is the call to action. So we've (sighs) empathized, reassured, validated our credibility, and now is when we call people to action. So yeah, if you are on a website, there's typically two types of calls to action. There's a direct call to action and an indirect call to action. More often than not, we see the direct and we see it early. So your direct call to action takes you directly to a conversion, right? It takes you, it's the buy now button, the book a consultation, and it takes you essentially to a checkout cart or some kind of checkout engine, right? Your indirect is get this freebie, start a free trial or order a sample. It is not taking us directly to a conversion, but it's starting people down a funnel that will mm-hmm. hopefully lead to a conversion, right? Right. And the thing I want to stress is that one is not better than the other. Typically you need both and it's okay to have both, right? The hard sell, if you're on a sales page, you want to save the buy now button typically until you're midway or all the way down the page, because you want to build that value and share your message. If you start too early with, you know, this course is $300 buy now Mm -hmm. people are going to go, well, I don't want to spend $300. Like, Whereas if we give them the chance to actually read through the copy, they'll go, oh my God, I'm getting a lot for $300. And it can really shift their perspective of what that call to action feels like and whether or not they want to take it. Yeah. Now, the thing is, a lot of people come to a website or engage with your brand for the first time and don't know who you are. They aren't ready to take that call to action and convert immediately, right? They wanna be wooed a little bit, they wanna to get to know you. And so having an indirect call to action on your website is really helpful with that because if you're a service provider, you can provide free value, right? Again, and this piece serves to support that credibility, give them something for free, that they can go, oh, wow, she really does know what she's talking about. Wow, this might actually be somebody that I want to buy a course from or hire later down the road. And so that funnel really starts to help kind of build your credibility in a different way. And always, 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 like no matter whether you're going for a sales page or not, you always want to leave someone with a call to action right? Whether it's a hard sell or not, you never want to leave someone stranded at the end of a page, even if it's just linking to a blog post or podcast, whatever the case may be, always leave them with somewhere to go so that way they can continue engaging with Mm -hmm. your brand.
1: Yeah. And I think that's especially true to remember on social media, like leave a comment or message me or go here. Yeah. Double tap. Like, yeah. Right. Exactly. Even simple call to actions are helpful.
0: So I have a question. So now that we have this like four steps and we're talking about converting copy and technically you could put in a a freebie or whatever instead Mm -hmm. of going straight to the sale. Say we go to do this and we're following up with them via email or we're following Mm -hmm. up with them in some other form. Are you just going through the same steps all over again using different language following the same formula? Or do you have different kind of things you would include if you were to take this further after a freebie?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So again, the formula is really designed to help convert, right? Mm -hmm. So usually you want to save it for those really high converting pages, like sales pages, like your homepage of your website, maybe the occasional Instagram post when you're promoting a product and not just adding value or sharing or connecting. But it doesn't always have to look like this. So if you are following up via email, if it feels authentic and it feels real to continue connecting in this way, if you're still kind of upselling them or trying to help them further down your funnel, then absolutely use the conversion formula, right? But if you just want to have a frank conversation, like have a frank conversation, because the whole point of the formula is to feel authentic, right? And if it starts to impede your ability to be your natural self and to connect on a person-to-person level with other businesses, customers, clients, then it's not the right time to use it.
1: Yeah, for sure. No, I love that. I think it's really helpful to remember. I feel like some formulas that I've looked at or followed in the past, it's, it feels too much like, not like a like a plug and play of that it's sounding robotic or sounding like yeah. someone else, but I think that these are really good principles for us to rely on and utilize for sales pages, for social, for emails, like for any type of conversation that you guys are having, I think you can take bits and pieces away from it. There's already tweaks I'm thinking of right now that I want to make to some of our sales pages. (laughs) I'm like, okay, when am I going to do that? (laughs) Totally. And I think too it should be noted like it's a
2: narrative formula, right? So you don't have to follow it to a T. Like if you want to interject some testimonials throughout your sales page. Go for it, right? It all serves to add credibility, to reinforce what it is you're offering. So feel free to have some fun with it. This is just kind of the overall structure that you wanna work within for those high converting pages.
1: I think one more thing I wanted to bring up just because I had a conversation with a friend of ours about it earlier today. And so it's funny that it's coming up. Her and I were talking about very specific phrases and words that we could use in our copy to, you know, attract and repel, right? You guys have heard this before where you're saying things to attract the right people and you know that it's going to repel the wrong people. And that's a good thing. And you want those people out of here. But so we're talking about with our friend, Jessica Ely, all about how there's a big portion of people who are in our audience and her audience who are beers or doers. And so you either have to believe something about yourself before you take action or mm-hmm. you have to do something to then see results to then believe that thing about yourself. And Abby okay. and I are both doers. We just mm-hmm. take action and then we assess from there and we attract both people, but our materials and our curriculum is set up in a way to talk to other doers where it's like, right. watch this, do this, you will see this result. Like, that's yeah. everything that we have. We have this podcast that does that, and our blog mm-hmm. and our courses and everything. And so Jess was like, yeah, but some of your language still is talking to all of those beers where you're talking to these people about mm-hmm. how wouldn't it be great to see this type of life and feel this type of way and do yeah. this? She's like, but that's not who you are. You don't care what they feel like or what they, yeah. you just want them to take action. And I was yeah. like, Oh, yes. That <laughs> and so she sent me this screenshot and she highlighted a couple of phrases that she sees someone else doing really well. And mm-hmm. some of them just to give you guys an idea that we could start using to attract our type of doers are yeah. out of excuses, ready to act Ready to seriously ditch the ways that interfere with your vision? Like ready, yes. ready. Literally yes. using the word ready. So yeah, like- you
2: feel like you're on the precipice of taking action. You're like, right.
1: oh god, I'm on my way. Okay, I'm right. going. I'm yeah, I'm close. I'm doing it. Yeah. And so I think that's so interesting of the refresh that I want to give some of our copies so we can, we can talk to more people who we know our curriculum is perfect for. And those are the people that are going to see the results. They're like us instead of that. Like, I don't know how to coach you to think better about yourself because the only way I know how to do that is for you to just do it. Yes, absolutely. Well,
2: and I think that's totally it's totally fair to have more than one audience, right? Yeah. And I think it can get really scary when we're talking about niching down and only yeah. speaking to one audience, but it will never be to the exemption of everyone else, right? You yeah. will still have the people who I'm more of a believer. I'm like, I got to get in the woo-woo place. I got to have my crystals. I got to meditate to feel good to want to take action. I still love your podcast. I still listen. I still follow you guys, right? So it's never going to be to the exclusion completely of other people. Mm -hmm. And it's only going to help attract more of the people that you guys really resonate with and allows your voice to feel the most authentic. And that's totally okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think, yeah, my takeaway for you guys is, again, back at, I think, our pre-steps to this formula was figuring out who you're talking to. And if you feel like you don't know that right now, truly it's, Fine. Like I'm just realizing this almost five years in that these are the type of people that I want to be talking to. So like let it shift and just get some words out on paper and like figure it out. You can backspace and change words anytime you want.
2: (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. Business is always evolving. The way we approach things is always evolving. And two, I think that there's this expectation of like you have to have it figured out before you start. It's like just start, just be resourceful. Maybe if you have zero audience, like that's where I started. I had yeah. zero followers. I Everyone's had no right. idea. How PS, to build an audience. we all start there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> as, if, as if we don't. But yeah, it's like look at the competition. Check out yeah. who their followers are. Check out like you can be resourceful to try and get to know yeah. or anticipate who your audience might be, mm-hmm. and pivot as you go along. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not like written in stone. So it's totally to okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love it.
0: Well, all right. So helpful, yeah, really good. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I already am like, oh, this. Is I know. I changed this. this <laughs> I did. Some, yeah, I did. I took Yay. notes. All <laughs> of our product babes are like, wait, how can I? How can yeah. I? Do that? I still think it can happen. It's just a too. shorter thing, fear, but like, you can also do this. The cool part is like, I see this translating so well to like personal sales. But yeah, and so like even in person stuff, like oh. Yeah, The the ways to make this kind of adapt is honestly pretty simple because you're keeping it a little more broad than like Emily said, some of the other formulas I've heard of are a little so like they're so specific that yeah, they they box you in. And this allows you to kind of think a little bit about your scenario. And lately I've been learning from someone who like refuses to give examples which i find really interesting because yeah. she's like i literally think as soon as i give you an example you're going to attempt to make it your own for sure but it's yeah. going to be too much yeah. like me and then you're not going to show up like you and it's right. not going to work That's and fun. so it pushed me to show up like me for the first time in a really long Good time that's and so it's exciting. been working so much it better. Transforms so- everything.
2: I mean, this is a totally unrelated, you know, to copywriting note. But that's something that I really preach and really believe in. Is that I spent my first year in business paralyzed by fear because mm-hmm. I was listening to everyone but myself. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not to say that you can't buy courses or invest in things that really deeply resonate with you and mm-hmm. feel like the right choice. But I think it's so much easier to just. I don't know what the answer is. So I'll just take her answer or I'll just take that answer. And so it's slowing down long enough to kind of listen to your internal guidance instead Mm -hmm. of all of the external guidance that's available to us. And there is so much now it's content overwhelm. And really just check in before we take action on what resonates most with us. Mm -hmm. And I really think and and hope and feel that this formula does offer that flexibility for people to make it their own and really find what works for them within this kind of overall narrative.
0: Yeah. 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 So take us into talk strategy to me. What are the three to five action steps we can take away to start implementing this formula in our copy? Gosh,
2: well, I mean, there's the formula itself. So just remembering those steps to empathize, reassure, validate your credibility, and call to action. But if I could add a few on top of that, it would be to first and foremost reframe your perspective of selling. Mm -hmm. I think we're all so scared of selling, and we think it's icky or bad, or we don't. And that's, I mean, if you are a business and you are online, you you are already selling, right? Mm -hmm. So stop feeling weird about it, get comfortable with it and understand that selling is just serving. Yes, That's all it is, is we are serving the people who most want and need what we have to offer. So yeah, I would say definitely get in the headspace of reframing what selling looks like and feels like, but really step into that ownership of it. And then I guess just start thinking about copy as about your audience as opposed to yeah. you. So yeah. everything, and it's not just copyright. I'm a designer too. Everything you write and design should be what your audience needs to hear, not what you necessarily want to say, right? Yeah. There's definitely kind of functionalities and, and practicalities of that where we need to include certain things, but by and large, it's really about your audience. It's not about you. And if if I could, and I'm totally a copywriter and designer, but copywriter first, always write first, design second. Always, always, always. I think we live in such a visually driven society now and anything aesthetic and pretty turns our head. But when you look past the pretty pictures, all that's left are the words. That's it. So you need to make sure that your message is meaningful, that your words are powerful, and then all of your visuals should serve to support and reinforce that message.
1: I love that. Jennifer, thank you so much for this. Can you tell everyone where they can keep hanging out with you online and get some more goodness from you? Absolutely. So GeminiBranding.ca
2: is my website. If you pop over there, you will see an indirect call to action for a freebie. So you can see that in action on a few branding secrets to get you started if you're new to the worlds of branding. You can also go to Instagram at Gemini Branding. I've got a different freebie there. That's all about optimizing copy for web. And I'm so excited to announce that I actually just finished a six month educational email series. So, and it's all about starting a business and a brand from absolutely nothing. So if you opt into either one of those freebies, then you'll be added to that email list and you'll get an email once a week that shares some kind of lesson for you to integrate in your business. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. So happy to be here.
0: Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the Co op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics, we make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at CreativeShopCoop.com and transform your business today.